0: know that you know what I've come for this is the way I'm Jedi like my father Welcome back to The Pod Awakens. This is our Obi-Wan series, you know, uh, episode one, part one, part two, as they call them, recaps. uh, So we'll be talking probably both of those episodes here in this one. Uh, So if you have not watched part one and part two, I would probably turn back now. There's also been a lot of news at Celebration that we will be getting into most likely on Monday that I'll be recording that since Celebration is still going on today. Uh, I think there might just be some bit of news about Bad Badger, or I probably could record most of this stuff today. But, uh, so, so we'll go ahead and do that as a separate episode that will be put up as well this weekend. But yeah, so we're going to talk all about Obi-Wan. Kenobi, the Disney Plus series that premiered on Friday, May 26. Of course, this was also released on the same day as Stranger Things season four. So it's been a juggling act for a lot of fans of these two series to figure out which one they want to watch first. Uh, you know, trying to make sure that they're not getting spoiled on either one. So I started with Obi-Wan, of course, because one, it's Star Wars 2. It's only two episodes compared to Stranger Things 7 for their part one, which means that uh, I don't have to interrupt my Stranger Things viewing to go back to Obi-Wan at all. I'm going to try to knock out both of these this weekend. But yeah, Disney Plus May 26, Obi-Wan released on a Friday, but it's moving back to Wednesday, which means that this week you're going to have about three or four episodes of show uh, of The Pot Awakens to listen to because we got this episode for part one and part two. We got the celebration episode and then when we talk about part three, so it should be around three episodes this week. It's moving back to Wednesdays and we'll be on Wednesdays from here on out. I think they should have stuck to Friday's. I've talked about this before, but it'd be fun if Star Wars was Friday, Marvel was Wednesday, and when some of these shows overlap, which I guess they still haven't yet, but they will. I mean, here's an example. She-Hulk is announced for August 17th, and we do know, thanks to Celebration, that Andor will be august 31st so we do know that there's going to be some overlap on some of these series and it's all about deciding which one you're going to watch first all that fun stuff and as somebody that covers both of these shows on various podcasts it's going to make my job a little tougher but we will see how it goes from there uh so i thought if it was on different days like a wednesday and a friday it'd be a lot easier to be able to juggle some of these shows but uh doesn't seem like that's going to be the case like i said for august 17th that's already been announced for she-hulk that's a wednesday august 31st for andor is a wednesday as well they're only two weeks apart she-hulk i think is nine episodes andor is 12 so i think they i think andor will then finish a week after she-hulk if it starts two weeks late but has three more episodes it depends on how many episodes they premiere for each show I think right now it's announced just one episode each, or they haven't, you know, said if it's gonna be two or three for some of these shows. But yeah, we're gonna get into Obi-Wan. Kenobi. I hope everyone has enjoyed the show so far. I know there are some people that haven't. And there are some people that have really, you know, saying that this is better than anything we've gotten on Disney Plus. I've seen some people saying uh, it's, it's really bad. So, um, Par for the course for Star Wars fans, if I say so myself. So we'll get into part one first here, of course. That makes sense, right? Obi-Wan Kenobi, episode one is just called part one. There's no actual title to the episode. Aired May 26th, directed by Deborah Chow. Written by Joby Harold, Hossein Amani, Amini, If I said that right, sorry, Stuart, uh, Stuart Beattie, of course, takes place nine years before the Battle of Yevon. So nine years before episode four. It's been 10 years since the events of Revenge of the Sith. And I got to say, I really loved the opening recap that they had that was like, I don't know, five, six minutes long of the prequels. I thought that was a lot of fun and uh, you know, just something that we haven't really seen too much on some of these Disney plus shows. And I think part of why is right is because like the Mandalorian doesn't open up with a recap of episode six saying like the empire is fallen. Like, You have to kind of learn that stuff from listening to the dialogue and just knowing when it takes place yourself. But with this, it at least sets the stage. This is going to be some people's first Star Wars Disney Plus show. I know as popular as The Mandalorian is, that's hard to think of. But with how many new subscribers have been gained uh, on Disney Plus, and the fact that Obi-Wan is portrayed by Ewan McGregor, and uh, prequel fans are now growing of age where they probably have their own accounts. I'm a. I grew up with the prequels. I'm, you know, thirty, turning thirty-one. My own house, my own account, Disney Plus. So that is something that is uh, to think about as well. That some of these people have, uh, you know, been uh, are now able to, to do that themselves. So they, they may have skipped the Mandalorian. Some people, my friend Jack, who's been on here, you know, watched a couple episodes of Mandalorian, wasn't really digging. It. His vibe of Star Wars is the prequel vibe, you know? That's uh, what he grew up with. Some people like that vibe of, oh, we're back to, like, original trilogy stuff, which I- I'm pretty much a fan of all Star Wars. Give me any time era or era, and I will be able to sit back and watch Star Wars, enjoy it. doesn't matter to me. So we start off with a Jedi Master, Minis Velti. Who is uh, training a uh, a couple of padawans in the Jedi Temple? Younglings, I guess you would say. They're not really padawans at that time. They're younglings at the Jedi Temple, and we kind of just see this nice view of Coruscant, and you know, then they you kind of get to one of those open areas of the Jedi Temple, where uh, we've kind of seen, you know, like where Bail Organa lands and sees one of like the teenagers get killed against uh when when he comes jumping out to fight off some of the clones it's it's, you know kind of very open area uh like a little deck almost right but like a space deck of course and what we see is uh them just you know going through some training and then the doors open up and you have the, the clone troopers come in and immediately at first I'm thinking this is just a regular flashback. We're going to learn out. We're going to learn something here, but then I love that. It just puts you right into order. 66, the 501st is storming the Jedi temple. You know, Anakin is Darth Vader somewhere around there. And this uh, Jedi master Velti has to try to get these younglings through the Jedi temple to escape. And she does a good job for a bit. She cuts down several of them before uh, getting shot and eventually falling. And the younglings have to flee. And that's where this ends. But of course, my thought is as we'll be introduced to her in a bit, the third sister, the third sister of uh, the Inquisitors is named Reva. And it looks like there may have been a little Reva in this. And she has some sort of grudge for Obi-Wan Kenobi, where she's trying to use this to get in good with Anakin Skywalker, who she does know, as we'll learn in episode two, she does know, in fact, Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader. And I think my, my thought process on this, right, is that We'll see more of this flashback as we go. I do think for whatever reason, she is there. She's one of those younglings. Maybe she will see Anakin Skywalker as Darth Vader. Remember, he was called Darth Vader storming the Jedi Temple when he still looked human, when he still looked like Anakin Skywalker. And we're reminded of that when he goes and kills all the younglings. You know, they're like, Master Skywalker, what are we to do, right? we're reminded of that there but what we are then seeing right is that most people know lord vader as just the you know more machine than man uh when he becomes like the fist of the of the uh, emperor later on in the empire days But if you're a kid in this room and you do see Anakin Skywalker and maybe you even hear clone troopers call him Lord Vader, and then you grow up and become an Inquisitor or they take you then and become an Inquisitor, then you, of course, know that the robot named Lord Vader is the same Lord Vader that you met before. So you can put two and two together. So I think that's how she does know. And I know I'm jumping ahead to episode two there, but I feel like it relates to this, as, as we can kind of see this opening sequence from now looking back at it, through the eyes of somebody that is seeing episodes one and two, that I'm kind of putting these pieces together. And that's kind of my thought process on why she would know. And I might be totally off base. I have no idea. But I do think that that is something that we can keep an eye on. And we might see more flashbacks from the younglings who were running away and maybe get confirmation. One of them was Reva and maybe get confirmation on my whole theory that she saw, you know, Anakin Skywalker as Lord Vader. There's gotta be another reason for Hayden Christensen to be in this show. You know, we, we did see him in the tank at the end of episode two. Sorry to jump ahead there again, but I'm just thinking now. So we did see him there, uh, which means that we have, you can barely tell it's him though. Right. But there's gotta be some flashbacks to be able to bring him back. Because if we're mostly just going to see him in the suit or a back to tank, he may not have needed to come back. And I, I'm glad he is back. I'm glad he's finally getting the love from star Wars fans as, um, you know, nowadays compared to when he was originally Anakin Skywalker. But that is it. That is the end of the temple seen there and 10 years later we're on moss isley and we have inquisitors the grand inquisitor the fifth brother and the third sister so this is reva she's brand new to this show we've seen the other inquisitors before the grand inquisitor has appeared in rebels the fifth brother has even appeared in rebels Appeared in some comics and stuff, too, I believe. But, um, yes, The Fifth Brother has appeared before. So if you've watched Rebels, you've seen The Fifth Brother. Now, Rebels takes place a little closer to the timeline of the uh, episode four. I think it's like five years before. Um, So this is a a little different. Um I didn't know this though that he was created from unused concept art from Star Wars The Force Awakens. Uh, so that's pretty cool. It's really cool. Uh, Alright, so yeah, he's appeared in uh some Darth Vader comics uh and Rebels and Obi Wan Kenobi. So he, he's made the rounds. We've also seen Inquisitors, of course, in the uh, Jedi Fallen Order game. I think we're introduced to the ninth sister there, uh, who is also a former. Well, I mean, most of them are former Jedi, right? I mean, that, that's who you're usually having in the. Uh, <clears throat> that's usually who you're having in the force abilities to be able to poach to even make them become inquisitors but if you're not familiar with inquisitors inquisitors they do kind of explain that these are people that then hunt their 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 own kind their former kind you know these are former jedi usually that have become inquisitors they're dark side users that then join the ranks of the empire to hunt down the remaining jedi between episodes three and four So we're kind of introduced to them walking into a saloon and they are approaching the workers there. And, you know, they kind of explain this whole Jedi hunter thing at that point. But they think that there's a Jedi hiding in this saloon. I think if the the trailers kind of alluded to this, that there was another Jedi here, but I do think that they're supposed to be leading you to believe that they're looking for Obi-Wan until we then do see who the Jedi is. And uh, the Jedi runs off and is able to use the Force to kind of slow down the Inquisitors. He's going to be able to get away. And uh, then we will see that guy again a couple more times. But we kind of get some conversations from the Grand Inquisitor and the Third Sister where the Grand Inquisitor is saying pretty much to ease up on her fixation with Obi-Wan Kenobi. Or she'll be relieved of her duties. But, of course, I'm assuming they mean that they would they would kill her. I don't know if they would just let an Inquisitor, like, retire or <laughs> quit uh, and... You know, take their retirement money or a pension and and go somewhere. I do think that it's a threat of we will have to end you. I might be wrong on that, but I do think that that's kind of the vibe I'm getting from it. Uh, But then we kind of finally get to see Obi Wan Kenobi, and he is working at a uh, like meat place uh they have it listed here on wikipedia as a crate dragon i don't think it was i think somebody else said it was something else but uh, i'm not 100 percent sure but they are you know gathering the the remains from the animal that's in the sand and they are cutting the meat and then Obi wan always takes a little bit of meat for his eopi and then goes to uh, goes back to Anchorhead and gives the food to his and then rides back out to his cave cooking food. And we just kind of get like a day in a life here of, of Obi-Wan we get a Jawa who is named Tika who, uh, brings him a toy or bits of a toy that Obi-Wan is putting together to later give to Luke as we'll see. Um, they kind of barter back and forth but then obi-wan talks about his uh moisture vaporator which is a little broken and tika is then trying to sell him back a part obi-wan says hey if you steal my part at least clean it up and sell it back to me you know not not just taking it and selling it back to him so it was a cool moment a moment that shows that obi-wan's able to understand jawas that they're having this kind of relationship where he comes and brings him stuff a lot and you know this is how he gets a lot of his items. Uh but then the Jawa shows uh some components of a starship, Jedi starship that crashed and uh you know Obi-Wan says, "Wow, well, I thought they were all gone, Jedi." So I'm not really sure if we know when this Jedi who's on the salu- who's in the saloon arrived on Tatooine. Sounds like maybe not that long ago, if they're finding parts of his ship still. Or it's been crashed for so long they found parts of his ship. Uh, Or maybe it's supposed to be Obi-Wan's ship. I don't remember Obi-Wan flying in in his... There's no way he would take his Jedi starship to Tatooine, I don't think. We don't really get to see it, you know? We kind of just see him handing off uh, Luke... But we do see Obi-Wan sleeping and he gets some dreams, dreams of memories of Anakin, Padme, Qui-Gon, even Yoda. And, uh, you know, he goes back to, uh, on his Yopi the next day, he's going to watch young Luke Skywalker playing while Uncle Owen is doing some work around the homestead and uh then on his way what i assume is on his way back from there or just somehow this is where he runs into the jedi named nari who had escaped and uh nari is very excited to see obi-wan you know of course right though he finally gets to gets to see him and uh obi-wan first acts like he has no idea who this guy is or that Jedi are extinct. He really tries to kind of like hint to the guy like, this is, I don't know who you're talking about. I'm just a traveler, you know? He'll eventually say, go bury your lightsaber, live a normal life. And Nari kind of says, what happened to you? You know? Um, that people need us. The you know, the Jedi are supposed to be this, and you know, Kenobi says that they've lost and that the time for Jedi is over. So Obi-Wan's in a very bad spot right now, right? Obi-Wan is really thinking that all is lost. We have to wait for Luke to grow up. But So it is kind of interesting, right? Because later on in this, we're going to get Owen meeting up with Obi-Wan and saying, you know, leave us alone, right? Because Obi-Wan leaves the toy for him, for Luke. Owen sees this, he brings it back to Obi-Wan and pretty much says, leave us alone. And we get the famous trailer line, you know, of him saying, the boy needs to be trained and Owen replying with the slam of, Oh, like you trained his father. And what I think is interesting about that is Obi-Wan's mental state and where he is right now, he could use some help from another Jedi, right? Nari is somebody that could eventually help assist bringing down the empire. But what does he say? He says, bear your lightsaber, live a normal life. But yet when he's talking to Owen, he knows that Luke needs to be trained. So there's this kind of almost like conflicting nature in Obi-Wan of this boy is our last hope. There are other Jedi, but for whatever reason, he thinks Luke is, of course, the answer. And it could be because he is the son of the Chosen One that he thinks he will have an easier time. But at this point, he has no idea that Anakin Skywalker is still alive as Darth Vader which means he doesn't even think the idea of let's use Luke to get to Vader is a viable option. His whole thought process is just that this kid is the one that's going to be able to do it. So I do wonder how he's getting to that or why he'd be so abrupt to tell a Jedi Nari, you know, get out of here. Now it is for Nari's safety, right? Live a normal life, live under radar. He's trying to help the kid. He is. But maybe he thinks he's too old to be trained. Again, like, Nari's probably a young apprentice 10 years ago. Kind of like a Kanan. You know, Kanan was young from Rebels when that happened. So just an interesting mind state of where Obi-Wan's at. But before we get to Owen's little message, we get a view of Onoran, which is a beautiful planet, by the way. We barely get to see it. In Star Wars, we see it really at the end of Episode Three when, uh, when Bail Organa brings home Leia. But we get to see several servants dressing, uh, a young princess Leia. But then you know Brea, who is uh, Bail's wife and queen of Arran, enters in and saying, "You're going to be late." And then you know they do see that it is not actually Leia Leia I guess let this other little girl to um I guess it's a little friend of hers to say you know uh who said that Leia told her she would uh that her mom would find it funny or amusing so they think that and we kind of get from Brea here where she, there's three spots. She thinks Leia would be the cellar, the kitchen or the woods. We flash to the woods and we see Leia running with her droid Lola, um, which is L zero LA five, nine officially, but she shortens it to Le- uh, Lola. She's climbing a tree She's counting all the ships that are coming and going from Alderaan. One of them's a medical freighter, a pleasure barge, and a casino ship she even mentions. Um, so she also sees like a, a starfighter. Um, but yeah, so then they find her. Queen Brea does find her and gets Leia to come back down. And what we learn is that the Queen's family is coming to visit and that they are uh, going to uh, come in for something. We're not really sure what yet. Uh, Leia complains that she's going to, all she's got to do is wave. I guess she's talking about later on when they get to the like par- parade, kind of like a parade when they're flying through with all the family. But uh, we do see that somebody is watching them in the woods here. So um, we don't know who at that point. Back to Tatooine. We see another day in the life of Kenobi, cutting the meat, taking the meat for his getting back to Angerhead, giving that. And then this is when we get Owen, you know, throwing the toy at the feet of Obi-Wan and says, Stay away from us. We don't need anything from you. Uh, And, you know, Obi-Wan rightfully is like, dude, it's a toy. You know, like, chill out. I got a toy for Luke. And we do see, by the way, Luke playing with this toy in A New Hope. It's one of the toys he's sitting there playing with, I think, when 3PO and R2 are getting their baths or somewhere around that time in the film. And, um you know, Obi-Wan's saying about like the greater sense of the galaxy, right? There's more to life than the farm. Oh, and he's going to need to be trained. We kind of talked about that already. Oh, and then uh, reiterates the whole point of, uh, but you trained his father. His father is dead and pretty much putting that at the feet of Obi-Wan. Uh, Luke, I mean, Obi-Wan does ask if Luke is doing okay. And, Owen, I think, is a little disingenuous here. I think, you know, Owen seems to say that you're only interested in his, if he's showing, right? Like, if he's showing his Force abilities. And I think that's wrong. I do think Obi-Wan does care about this boy the same way he cared about Anakin. When we saw him watching him, you know, Luke is sitting on top of the homestead, kind of doing the same motions that were in the recap, right? Which is probably why this was in the recap of Anakin riding the pod racer doing that. It seemed like that's what he was kind of doing on, on like the little roof of the doorway on the homestead. And there was a smile on Obi-Wan's face. So I do think he does see a lot of his father, the boy's father in Luke and, I think he does care for him. You know, he really did care about Anakin, but I can see where Owen is a little more weary of this. uh, Because of Anakin dying and, you know what they thought was dying, but you know, even then if they find out, which I don't think the, the Lars really do find out that he's Darth Vader, but if they were to find out, I think that'd be almost more of a, almost more of a wake up call of whoa, whoa whoa you train this guy and he's one of the ones doing all this no you're not training luke at that point i can kind of see that from owen's perspective if he were to find out so i i you know he's acting on the possibility of him being dead uh which is another reason why he doesn't want luke to get wrapped up in this because i think we don't really get a good sense of that right that the Lars really do love Luke. He's like their kid, you know, their adopted kid pretty much. Well, then the inquisitors happen to come by right at this time. And we get, you know, the fifth brother promising some rewards, but then the third sister is more like the stick, you know, like the carrot and the stick. Um, She's, threatening them with punishment, threatening to cut off hands. She's actually going to do that too to somebody that speaks up. She just cuts off their hand, uh, for a woman who starts kind of protesting here. And the, the other we've seen before in the earlier scene, the other inquisitors are like tone it down a notch to her. And, uh, fifth brother is pretty much going to say that when they leave this scene too. like, you're way out of line. um, She does take an interest in Owen Lars here, and she's going to ask if he has any Jedi on his farm. He says he has no love for the Jedi, which we know is true. He actually calls them vermin, too, and that he kills vermin on his farm. He knows Obi-Wan's right here, too. So he does know Obi-Wan's going to hear this. But he doesn't give Obi-Wan up. Um, Reva is going to threaten his whole family if. Nobody comes forward to say where the Jedi is. Obi-Wan still is hidden. I thought it, maybe he might have to jump in here. But no. Uh she's you know she says stuff like there's no point in protecting them. They would not do the same for you. Save this man and his family. Pulls out the lightsaber. The fifth brother stops Reva and produces the hologram puts that on a table. It's of Nari and Hey, you'll be rewarded. If you cooperate, you know, cooperate, give us information. Tells the third sister to stand down and you know, she kind of gives Owen a little, Hey, you're, you're lucky right now. Right. This is when the fifth brother is going to give the third sister just a reaming of, you know, you're, you're going too far here. Reva is saying that Tatooine is beneath them. They should be out doing other things. She still is looking for Obi-Wan, of course. And uh, the fifth brother pretty much says, like, you know, the Grand Inquisitor is, is right. You know, you're, you're too obsessed with Obi-Wan. Get it out of your head. And I do think this is why we're going to get more flashbacks maybe to that day. There's got to be a reason she is so obsessed with Obi-Wan. Um, so we get back to Autoran, which I think is cool that we're kind of juggling between the two. You have Bail Organa enter the scene, right? And, uh, he kind of encourages her with, oh, what ships did you see? Right. And, uh, Brea is not too happy that Bail is doing that. But then we get, uh, Leia's aunt, Sally, her uncle, Kayo and her cousin Niano Organa or N- yeah, Niano. Um, this is when they are driving in a speeder and get all the waving and all that. But then when they get to like a dinner or a party, I guess it is. Um, We get some like, so we know where bail stands on all this, right? We know where bail stands on the empire. We've seen him kind of, reacting to it at the end of revenge of the sith and we know where he stands in rogue one and all that kind of stuff but we get kind of the uh some of these other family members who seem to be okay with the empire kao praises the empire for lining some pockets and calls the galactic republic a disaster now, Bale is going to say, wait, wait, wait. We got slaves. We got taxation in the Outer Rim. And uh, KO kind of brushes this off. And it's like, we didn't come to end slavery. We came to eat your food. <laughs> and, you know, save this for when we get back to the Senate, which is wild. This is just absolutely wild. Um, we do have a nice little C3PO. View here. I did love seeing 3PO. He's translating for some guests over there. Um, Leia gets served some drinks. She thanks the droid, and her cousin, you know, uh, will kind of make fun of her for that and says that li- lower life forms don't need thanks, right? And I love leia's response here when she says well i guess that means i don't have to (laughs) need manager you know engaging with you uh which is a nice slam here saying he's a lower life form um so that that's awesome i really like the the actress who is playing leia she's doing a really good job she's got sass you can see leia in her with some of the some of those things she's saying and he goes pretty hard here. Niano. he's going to say like, well, you're not a real Argana, you know, because she's adopted. Um, and Leia pretty much slams him again by saying, you just parrot the stuff your father says because you want him to like you. And you don't even know what you're saying, which I thought was really, really great from, from young Leia here. Now, she gets in trouble for acting this way towards her cousin, but I'm not sure if they know what he had said to her. So, because when she does say about like not being a real Argana, Bale's like, whoa, who said that? Um, you know, you're, you know, you're our child. Um, and that you will, they will look to you for leadership and, you know, you'll be able to boss your cousin around. Um, so Leia, you know, is kind of left left alone for a bit and she's going to run back in the woods. This is when she's going to get kind of cornered by like three or four people that are going to kidnap her. And what I think is uh interesting here, right, is we have you know her going to the woods they knew she was going to that's where she likes to be they have like four i think people three or four people cornering her now this is probably the like my biggest complaint with the episode is just the chase scene wasn't great right like we have uh like the the part that really sticks out to me about the chase scene everything else about it seems pretty okay the thing that sticks out to me the most is you know there's like this part where leia goes underneath a branch and then the person runs into the branch. Which is fine. That's fine. But like the way it was shot seemed like slow. Like they could have just avoided the branch and uh, it wasn't like that part seemed very odd. And, you know, Dumber child does a great job directing in the Mandalorian. So I'm not really sure what that would have been if it was a stunt issue or something like that. Didn't have enough time to get it right. I don't really know. Um, but, that is just uh, something that stood out to me. I think the rest of it was was fine. I've seen a lot of people giving a scene a lot of grief. So I don't want to go on too long about it, but I just that part seemed a little odd. Um, you know, for the budget this has, you'd think they would be able to have enough time to really get that get that right. Um, so they realized that Leia is not with them at that point so they will find out that she was uh kidnapped we do see her alert one of the guards for help uh who is going to get shot um so i'm not sure if he's the one that's able to say, say if i don't know if he died um or if he is able to alert somebody but uh then we get back on tatooine and and kenobi starts hearing Like a phone ring, right? That's what this kind of is. And it's the hologram, projector of uh, Bail Organa and Queen Brea asking, you know, uh, him for help. And I love this. I love this whole thing. He's reluctant, of course, and says to, you know, send your own bounty hunter, send a guard. You know, I'm too old for this, right? Pretty much. Bale says Leia is just as important as he is. He's referring to Luke. Which is, which is good. You know, because he's saying like, I have to watch over the boy and Bale's like, he, you know, she's just as important as he is. She, he doesn't mean like is important. in. I don't think like saving the galaxy or being a Jedi. He's just saying she's a person. That's her brother you know, she is just as important. She's my daughter, right? Obi-Wan will then again say, hey, find someone else. Um, And then we do see, portrayed by Flea, a guy named Nakru and uh, his gang holding Leia in their ship. if you thought that's where the first episode ended, you're wrong. I thought I didn't, I thought some of this stuff was episode two, you know, I watched these back to back, but um, Kenobi, you know, continues working at the, uh, the meat pack place uh, goes back to Anchorhead, And we do see Nari hung, not like hung by his neck, but like, sh- you know, strapped up over everyone in the, uh, in anchor Anchorhead. As a warning to to the people there, and um, he is very sad by this. He told the guy, "Go live a normal life." But at that point, it was probably too late. I mean, they had already seen his face, right? So now uh, we have a droid that usually gives Kenobi a, a heads up here when he gets home. Like uh, flashes green if it's okay. He flashes red here which is when we see a person cloaked and I thought it was going to be maybe somebody else, but it shows up to be Bail Organa actually in the flesh arriving to saying, "Hey, Leia's headed to die you." And uh Obi-Wan's still trying to protest here, right? Um you know, pretty much saying uh, you couldn't save Anakin, but you can save his daughter, Leia. So uh, we do have Leia activating Lola and gets it to untire. But just then, that's when Nakru is going to enter and break the droid, which I hope is going to be saved. Lola's pretty cool. I like the little droid. Um, Leia says, you know, and my father's going to send a whole army and for some reason, Nakura is like, nobody's coming for you. Um, but then we know that at the end, he, I think it's at the end. Of, yeah. At the end of this one, this episode, he's speaking with Riva and it's like, are you sure he's going to come? And Riva's like, yes, they were, you know, they fought together in the Clone Wars so she knows in the archives, there's this link between Kenobi and Bail Organa and Organa is going to call on Obi-Wan. obi wans going to come out and save Leia. So she's orchestrated all of this. Um, so then Obi-Wan heads to uh, unbury his sabers, you know, dig up his sabers um, and you're going to see him give his like ticket to a flight and when he's putting away his I guess ticket stub we see the lightsaber on his belt and that's the end of episode one part one is done a lot of setup in part one so I can kind of see why they went ahead and released both of these together because I think you'd be like, oh, that was a lot of great setup, but we just miss out on some of this action that we're going to get in episode two. All right. So, uh, part two, Obi-Wan arrives to Dayu, and uh, he's tracking, you know, Nakaru's ship, but... The, the guy he's asking says that all signals to and from Dayu are blocked, making it impossible to know where Nakuru's actual whereabouts are then, or where the ship is. We do see Obi-Wan encounter a homeless clone trooper from the 501st. He's got the blue on. He's part of that Vader's 501st. Um, he's asking for credits. Obi-Wan does give him some credit, so you know pretty interesting there um some people are guessing that's rex i don't i don't think that's rex at all um we get him going through uh you know this one pink-haired girl who's played by uh ewan mcgregor's daughter comes over and is offering to sell him some spice she does give him some sort of spice or drug for free in his pocket he's going to use that later on uh she says you know hey take this and you'll forget all about the the missing girl pretty much this is where we get kamail nanjiani which i thought was uh was great to see we we knew he was in the show but he's playing a uh fake jedi uh so we do get a boy that is going to tell obi-wan that there's a jedi who helps people and uh he's going to lead him to uh haja which is uh camille nanjiani and uh, haja is T- taking money from this woman and her son and is saying that he's going to use the force. He uses, like, magnets and to summon a comm link. He has, like, buttons to move the gates up and down, like, on the windows. Um, and he says he's going to do a Jedi mind trick on the guard. This guard's in on it and takes a cut of the money, you know. Um, but he sends... He sends them to safely still travel to Corellia. So he does get them off there. He's just making some money on the side. So he's not a terrible, terrible person. Um, Obi-Wan approaches and, you know, pretty much says he needs help rescuing a little girl. Uh, Haja does introduce himself as a Jedi And that he will need some credits. Uh, He charges 500 credits to locate the girl. And 300 credits to take him to her. And uh, he also (laughs) offers to show Obi-Wan some Jedi tricks for a thousand credits. Um, He also tries to impress Obi-Wan with the knowledge of the Force. But Obi-Wan is able to expose him as a fraud. Using the remotes and magnets. And... Uh, pretty much reams Haja for taking advantage of people. Uh, But yeah, so then uh, Obi-Wan is going to have Haja help offer uh, to lead him to the sewers. Pretty much says he'll never get into the place, but Obi-Wan puts a disguise on himself here, going in with... You know, what people have been saying is a Breaking Bad type scene. Deborah Chow did direct some Breaking Bad as well, by the way. But, uh, you know, he, he's got the lab coat on or, you know, hazmat type stuff on. He's got the breathing apparatus on. So he's going to get uh, confronted by some people. He's going to throw down the spice and uh, it's going to let him get you know, get away from them. Uh, Then he's going to find, he he eventually has to fight off a few other people in the hallway too. So he asks where they have the girl. He goes there and there's like this, uh, well, this is when he uses the spice here. Sorry. He goes into this um, room that he thinks is Leia. It's like some sort of decoy thing. Um, And this is when he, throws the spice and is able to get out of there. He does rescue Leia and Leia is kind of hesitant to trust him, which makes sense. Uh, The third inquisitor is going to approach Nakru, who's still recovering from the effects of the spice that was thrown. And she's, you know, asking, you know, where is he? Obi-Wan and Leia are changing out of their clothes. They're changing clothes. He's buying her new clothes that kind of look very similar to her Endor gear, which was a lot of fun. Um, And then the Grand Inquisitor, the fifth brother, and the fourth sister are going to come and confront the third sister, who's Reva. They kind of get on her case about kidnapping Leia, because let's not forget, Bale is still a Senator for the empire. He's an Imperial Senator. So they kidnap an Imperial Senator's daughter to try to get Obi-Wan out here. So they're like, Hey, you know, we're the inquisitors. They're part of the empire setup. They're like, this is going too far. Um, she tries to tell them, I found a link between Obi-Wan and the girl. And they, uh, are still upset that they, that she had defied orders. And, uh, the fifth brother kind of accuses Riva of trying to use this to gain favor with higher ups, and the Grand Inquisitor puts a slam on her, saying that she is the least of them. But yeah, so then the Grand Inquisitor is going to capture Kenobi himself, is what he wants, and he is going to, uh warn Ria that she's going to be disciplined for going rogue. And uh, I think it's kind of stupid. They leave her there. (laughs) just totally unattended. They should have one of the other inquisitors watching her, but they just kind of walk away and say, we'll deal with you when we get back. But then she's able to just run around and do her own thing. And she puts a bounty out on Kenobi for the whole city. And then you have all these bounty hunters that are having the little alert we even got this rad dinosaur type guy. I don't know who he is, who is uh, one of the bounty hunters that's going to come out. Um, Leia wants to know for sure that he is a Jedi. She doesn't trust that he is because they've all been extinct. He doesn't want to pull out his lightsaber, of course, because he doesn't want to draw attention. He doesn't want to use the Force because he doesn't want to draw attention. But he, she is going to see the hologram and she thinks that that means that Obi-Wan was lying to her. So she's going to run away and that's going to put everything into a much worse spot than where they were right now. And Obi-Wan's going to have to chase her. They go across the rooftops. He has to fight off like three or four bounty hunters on the roof, just shooting back and forth. And Leia is going to jump trying to make a gap between the building. She's going to miss and Obi-Wan has to use the force to lower her down. And that is when she finally believes him. Uh, Haja is going to come and uh, pretty much tell Obi-Wan where to actually go uh, for an escape route. And then he's going to act like he's Obi-Wan or a Jedi when he goes and faces Reva and Reva's like, Pretty much get out of my way. <laughs> um. And we get the Grand Inquisitor going to Nakru and using his double-bladed spinning lightsaber. If you're not familiar with the Inquisitors, that's what they have. That's why they have like a circle, circular hilt. And uh, he's asking Nakru where Obi-Wan is. He doesn't know. So he actually kills him, it seems like. I'm not sure if Lee, you know, Nakru is actually dead or not. Um, I'm not sure if we really saw it. We kind of get, like, a cutaway here. And, uh, yeah, they're going to go to the cargo port. It's a cargo ship, so it doesn't actually have any real people there. It seems like it's like a droid or, like, automated facility, which is how Haja's been snuggling out some of these people. And uh, Reva's going to confront here. Obi-Wan is able to get Leia onto the ship, and he's hiding around she mentions that she will bring him the Darth Vader and that Anakin Skywalker is still alive. And we get one's reaction here. Um, which is of shock. Uh, I guess with him living all the way out in Tatooine, he hasn't heard of Lord Vader, you know, it's been 10 years, but, uh, I guess he's not too familiar with what has happened after, You know, after uh, the events of Revenge of the Sith. The Grand Inquisitor comes in and stops. Reva is going to stab him. I'm sure he's going to survive, because if not, that's kind of an issue for Star Wars Rebels. Uh, But I think he'll be fine. We've seen Darth Maul survive getting chopped in half, so I think he can survive a... Stab wound. Especially on the dark side of the force. Like light side users don't really cling on to hate to survive. That's how Maul survived. Uh, but Obi-Wan is able to use that distraction to get onto the shuttle, and they take off. And we see Vader in the back to tank. And that's it. That's episode two, part two. Uh, that one was. Also directed by Deborah Chow and written by Joby Harold, Hossein Amani, and Stuart Beatty. So, there we go. Episode three is this Wednesday, so we're almost to another episode, which is great, by the way. So we'll see part three soon. Overall, really enjoying this show. Um, part two had a lot more action, that's why this I was able to get through that one a little quicker, is because. A lot more action which means you don't have to actually you know break it down episode one was a lot of setup so we had to you know kind of talk about the setup and getting the pieces in motion here but so far i'm enjoying it uh i can kind of see where i Uh, we don't really know where they're going right now in the sense of all of the stuff from the trailers are pretty much from these first two episodes. I can't really think of that many scenes in the trailer that we haven't seen yet and I'm getting that same sentiment online. So I do think we're kind of in this fun spot of not knowing like what is to come in these next few episodes. You know, we do think we're going to see a Vader Obi-Wan fight again. So I do think it makes sense, you know, some people are like, well, they, they might ruin the whole that they hadn't met since Revenge of the Sith, you know, when you had left, I was the apprentice now, I'm um, the master, you know, line from Vader, but, you know, obi Wan saying, only a master of evil, Darth. So, you know, kind of looking at this and how it how it is right now is uh, when I watched, I went to see Return of the Jedi at the Baltimore Symphony Orchestra where they actually do the, the music of the movie there and you watch the movie as it goes and it's really cool. But, you know, you get that line that really made me think that this, you can have a fight between these two when, you know, Vader says Obi-Wan once thought as you did to Luke. About there being good in him. We haven't seen that yet. But we get this nice... We get this nice little... In the recap, right? We do see the scene of Padme saying, Toby One, there's good in him. So I do think he's going to say, if Anakin's still alive, there's good in him. I'm going to be able to try to save him. They're going to come to blows. He's not going to be able... To save him, and that is going to change his outlook going forward. Of he's only a master of evil; he's more machine now than man. We're going to get to see Obi Wan get to that realization, and that's going to and then inform a lot of the stuff from the prequel, uh, from the originals that we're going to look at in a whole different light after the series is over, and we're going to, you know, s- see all of this in a whole new way. Uh, which is which is good. This is what you want to see. You want to be able to have that happen. Um, so I'm really excited for seeing where part three can go, uh, where part four, five, and six. Before we leave, I do want to play this clip from Celebration. By the way, this is a. Uh... I'm not sure what Ewan McGregor means from this uh so listen listen this. this is about 30 seconds or so you're gonna hear cheering you're gonna hear and mcgregor say something here Thanks, guys thank you so much Thank you so much. It was amazing watching the first two episodes with you the other night. I hope, I hope you love episode three and then four and five and six and uh, seven and eight and nine and ten. Woo! <laughs> I don't know what he means by it. We know there's only six episodes of the show unless they have secret episodes to release but I don't know if he's referring to possibly a season two. We've, we've heard he is willing to do a season two of the show. And I don't know if he's getting carried away with saying episode titles. I don't know. He like points. If you didn't see the video of it, he's like pointing at the crowd. He's like, yeah, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. So no idea what it means, but just something that people have been talking about. I don't want you to take it as confirmation of 10 episodes of the show, because as far as we know, that's not the case but did just want to share that in case if there's going to be an announcement at some point, but that's all that that's all we really know uh, at this point. Well, I do want to thank everyone for, for jumping on and, and listening to the podcast. Uh, we're going to, like I said, have a celebration episode podcast where we're going to talk all the news that was talked about for star wars celebration so we'll be talking some of that uh probably be recording that on memorial day and then releasing it around that time as well but i hope everyone has been enjoying obi-wan if you want to send us your feedback for your thoughts on where this show can go now that we're kind of past the trailer footage where can we go what are we gonna see you can reach us on twitter at Pod awakens facebook.com slash pot awakens, Instagram at pot awakens, or you can email us PodAwakens at gmail.com. All right. So thanks everyone for listening. Why don't you go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes and Spotify and have a great rest of your holiday weekend. And we'll catch you for the celebration episode. And of course, part three re- recap later this week. May the force be with you. I have spoken. It's over, Anakin!